Um, yeah, you would yeah. definitely have the creepiest background, Tyler. Yeah, it's really creepy. It creeps me out a little. I'm just, I'm trying to uh, create a vibe. But it feels like you're, are you standing right now? <laughs> yeah. I'm oh my gosh, that is. Wow, that's that's all the wrong stuff. Okay. All right, here we are. Welcome everybody to Practical Shooting After Dark. Uh, we have a very special episode tonight. Is a, uh, I, I would say it's going to be an in-depth uh, retrospective, I suppose. With Mr. Phil Strader, former president of USPSA and national champion of a thing. I think the uh, single stack nationals. Yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> One time. Well, fluke. It, it's an easy match to win. There, there was a I agree heat. with I agree with everything but one of those things. <laughs> Rob eclipsing the age of 60 made it substantially easier to win, I think, to win that match. Yeah. I don't know. He, I was shocked that he, he, he pulled it off the last uh, couple of years. And the last year, everyone just shot horribly. But the year before that, it was legit. That was pretty impressive. <laughs> All right. And uh, on deck tonight, our Area 3 director, everybody's favorite, Mr. Matt Hopkins. Hi, everybody. Um, our man in Area 1, Wansa Kim. Hi. And Tyler Turner. I have to commend you, sir, in the last few days, you took – a ginormous dump on Bruce Six <laughs> on his doorstep <laughs> in the gentlest possible way. But uh, the way you summarized him as an area director was perfect. I think you said no amount of emails, phone calls, Facebook polls, or anything else is going to change his mind about anything, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I call it. Uh, it yeah, was amazing. I mean, I, I don't want to be a dick, but I mean, it's it's the truth. So, what can you do? <laughs> well, no, I mean, you you told the truth without being a dick. That's not exactly my strategy all of the time, but sometimes I try. Speaking of uh, being a dick and telling the truth, Phil, I think Hi. at this state, at with what's going on in USPSA politically, on, here. on the eve of yeah, some. You mentioned you did it. I did. I introduced. Well, I said our man in area one. He did. He did say that. Yep. Yeah, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into the discussion. Now. Wait, are we going to talk anything about shooting? Because this is no. This no. is all drum. Hundred percent drum. This is why people are going to love this, Phil. They're going to be like, Phil was on. Yes. Oh, well, that's amazing. All right. Um, hey. We're on the eve of some bylaw changes, which makes uh, I think the discussion with our last part-time president of uspsa you were president of uspsa till when uh, i was i was uh elected to start my term in 2012 and i ran until the end of 2015 so i did uh 012 to 16 basically okay what board and, members were on there that are still currently on the board right now um i worked with uh i worked with sherwin he was the vice president at the time uh, Bruce, uh, Bruce Gary. Bruce one. In, in yeah, our, Bruce. we have a whole, we have a whole vernacular on here, Phil. Yeah. There's terms. Yeah. Bruce like, one. Bruce, Bruce like little fun names, Bruce one, Bruce six, porta potty Jake. You know, there's a whole vernacular <laughs> like, uh, BOC, you know, midwit cabal, this whole shit. Like, right. I'm sorry, Phil, you're in for it tonight. I'm catching up on my, uh, I'll get my terminologies right. But, uh, but yeah, just Sherwin and Bruce and Bruce came on, um, Bruce came on after Chuck Anderson. Uh, he raid quit basically, and we needed. He imploded, did he not? 
Well, I mean, he just he had he was very pretty passionate about uh, at the time we had um, you know we were we were trying to fill an executive director position and you know Kim had been working under Dave Williams for a, a, a long time and she had basically picked up a lot of the duties that executive director had to do and most of that was budget you know um, but a lot of it was office you know keeping people in the office and and managing the office. And it came down to basically her and a, an outsider who, you know, I thought was a good guy. He seemed relatively competent, but he didn't have a, a background in the sport. He didn't know the sport. And, and that was kind of what put the vote. You know, it was she she got she got voted in five, four. And uh, some the people who were very, very much against it, which was uh, area six and area one, uh, which was Chuck and Jay Corn, I think, at the time, they they quit. Uh, because of that, and we had to get people in there. So honestly, I mean, four years in the four years that I was president, Sherwin was the only area director that stayed for four years. Every single other area direct area had either two or three area directors in there. So it's needless to say, it was it it made for a challenge to get a lot of stuff done. But um, but you know that's that's the board. You're gonna have a lot of different personalities and and trying to manage all those. And get them on the same page. Sometimes a challenge. Is that politically correct enough? No, no. <laughs> so yeah, I'm throwing I, some I, trans I, jokes I, next time, Phil. I was, uh, as you mentioned, I was part time. Uh, I was part time, and our administrative uh, staffing and 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 the the grunt work. Uh, actually, a lot of some of the coordination of nationals uh, outside of what I was doing was all handled by uh, the office staff and executive director and that kind of thing. So, uh, and of course, the president at the time I was there was uh, just a, another vote on the board. Uh, my, my, my job was to manage the nationals, um, you know, to get the contract signed uh, as fast as possible. Sometimes that fell through and, um, you know, and that was it and, and steer, you know, kind of steer the agenda. Um, and that was it. And the agenda was simple. It was just a matter of emailing all the area directors and saying, hey, what would you guys like to see on the agenda? I also took, you know, suggestions from, you know, the, the membership and uh, the agenda was was formed from from that. And it wasn't. Did, it you, wasn't say, it was did you have like an overriding theme as far as what the agenda was over the course of four years, like some big picture thing you were trying to get done or see happen um, or like whatever? I mean, there was a the long term goal was just to kind of bring the sport back to the shooters to make nationals special again. Um, for those of you, I mean, I'm not sure when you guys. I, I mean, big. Uh, no, I, I remember the 2014 nationals in St. George. Uh, it was what like 24 stages, four days, yep. right before yep. everybody went to world shoot. Mm -hmm. uh, and that that was what you were trying to pull off. But yeah, my goal was, I mean, honestly, it was a little selfish. I like, you know, I, my mentality is I always want to shoot against the best every time, all the time. And if I can get everyone uh, into a certain division, uh, I will make a dedicated division on nationals if I can. Like uh, the production uh, nationals in 2015 when we had. Yes, that was amazing. Like, that was one of the, like two right. super squads worth of guys. Right. We had, That's yeah, the most I, important match I ever won because you, you structured it that way. Right. I mean, that was a huge win. You, you was, you were shooting with the super squad. And it was one of those years that, you know, it, it, they, they had split the divisions and you were a strictly production shooter 
And a lot of those people that shot were shooting other divisions. So no one shot, no, well, I wouldn't say no one, but your upper, upper echelon shooters weren't shooting production the year before. So the super squad was, they said, well, we want to put the top 10 guys on a super squad, similar to what they're doing now. And because of the interest, because production was its own division, yeah, you're right. We had a B squad, and I was on it, and Rob Latham was on it, and Max, uh, I think uh, Ben Stoger was on it. No, not Ben Stoger. Uh, Bob Vogel, you're Ben Stoger. Dave Savigny. We, we, in between, we had 170 national and world titles on the B squad, and it was awesome. You won that, and I think the next seven or eight positions were the people on that other squad. So <laughs> impressive. But yeah, that was the idea. The idea was, I mean, I strategically kind of made the Nationals, like you said, I always tried to steer it in a direction that would give people the best chances to make world shoot teams, because that's kind of what we want to do. We want to go to the world shoot. We want to field really good teams, and we want to, uh, you know, represent that. That was a big deal at the time. And and like you said, the, the year of the world shoot, when the Nationals didn't really matter, I wanted it to make it very big and grandiose and 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 similar to what the world shoot would have been and i think that's what we did but uh, it was a great match i remember that one that was a lot of fun um it seems like after you left the board the agenda shifted to make more money for the organization i, I believe you <laughs> are, are, you, is that, are you telling me or are you or is that a question or is that what is that that's uh, yeah that was a okay. question i said if this is what it looks like to me then and everybody's like oh yeah i wonder what phil thinks of that i wonder if uh phil has anything hey and if you if you can't say anything nice you don't have to say anything at all phil it's not i mean look it's kudos to the president that took took after me took took you know took over the business. I, I didn't know I could do that. I didn't I didn't know, I didn't know that I was able to double a salary. Well, plus and 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 just change my position to full time. I didn't know that was an option because trust me, if I'd known that, I would have quit Remington. I mean, I was getting pulled in two different directions. You guys know this. I was working full time with Remington, making crap money. And I was working part-time for USPSA, which wasn't a part-time gig. And I was getting pulled. My bosses at Remington were saying, you're spending too much time with this Ipsic thing. And, you know, all the board were get, beating me down because I was spending too much time with Remington. So I was always getting pulled in two different directions. Phil, and could I, could I uh, just give you that I think in retrospect, at the time, everybody was too hard on you. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, that, it, the culture shifted a lot after you left the presidency. Maybe you didn't notice this, but... The, the Foley way of like riding on the golf cart and kind of acting very important that sort of thing. <laughs> this was not the Phil Strader way. Like you're yeah. in the in a squad with everyone. Like, hey Phil, when are you going to do this? And you're like, yeah, okay. Like I'll do. Like you just like took shit all the time, yeah. as I recall. I did, and I that was the job. I mean, look, here's the way I look at it. And I was listening to your podcast. Uh, I was listening to the show. Uh, I do listen to it. Uh, especially now because it's the only way I can keep up with all the, you know, the, the, the stuff. Um, and I was thinking, you know, it, it's it's so similar how things have turned in, in USPSA as how things are turning in our government, right? Yes. I mean, our government has failed to realize that they work for the constituency. And it's the same thing with USPSA. USPSA's job is to work for the members, 
to make the members not dependent upon USPSA, but the other way around. And I think that has kind of gotten lost um, to a degree. Uh, and like I said, you know, good on Mike for being able to go in there and impose his will and get the board on board to, to make that kind of money. Like I said, I, I feel like, and I don't know if that was a, the wrong, I don't know if that was the wrong way to go because let's face it, if if Mike had been more of a, how do I say this without being mean? If he'd been more of a leader by example instead of a leader by force, if he hadn't, if he had earned the respect of his membership rather than trying to demand the respect of his membership, maybe the way that he set the organization up wouldn't have been, or the way he steered it, wouldn't be as bad. But the problem is, is when you have that much power and that much autonomy uh, as a leader, as the leader of the USPSA, when you start you know, hiring your friends and putting them in positions that aren't really real and they don't matter and you're just, you're just starting to throw salaries around and you're not leading by example, it becomes problematic. It makes it, it shows that the, the system can be broken and it was. And well, now I think, hold on. Okay, sorry. Wait, hold on. What a, a lot of people would say this, so I have to say it. Wasn't he empowered by the board to do this the whole time? Yes. I mean, you, to act like just Mike did this is. No, I mean, I, well, he look. He didn't go in there and say, "Hey, do you guys think I should get her?" I mean, I'm sure he was pushing it in a direction that he wanted to go. The board was just seeing a way to be maybe, you know, get rid of cleanly get rid of an executive director they didn't want. And to empower one person with a bit more responsibility. What? So, so I mean, that's that's good to point out that context. Like in that in that situation, they had Kim, who that you're right, they wanted to get rid of. They felt they had to. And I and I don't I don't disagree with them. That talking about right. I mean, uh, but that that was a big nightmare for them. So, so they had to hit the eject button, and they transferred the power to the most convenient person. Right. Which is. I mean, to me, anyway, and a lot of it, I mean, this is what they're doing now. This is literally the same thing. It's like, okay, the power resides over here with this president position. It's like, well, we're not going to control that soon. So now we're going to shift it over here to a managing director we can control. And likely the fix is already in for someone. Yes. That's the way it looks to me. I think you're right. I think, I think that, listen, I'll, I'll say this straight up. I'm friends with Everyone on the board except for uh, uh, Murphy. I don't know him. I mean, I, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure he, he'd be nice. So I, I'm friendly with everyone on the. I'm friendly with everyone on the board. Okay. I was and gonna I, say like you don't seem like you'd be friends with Bruce one, but that's just me guessing. Hey, listen. I, I'll tell you this. I recommended Bruce. I begged Bruce to come in and fill in for Area One because when Bruce was originally an area director, it, he was a different. He seemed different. I mean, he seems like he wasn't doing he wasn't doing this kind of crazy stuff. There was no underhanded weird. I mean, he was always he always likes to pontificate and, and he, he's he is a smart guy and he always likes to believe that he's the smartest guy in the room. But you don't have to make everyone try to believe that, too. But I'm not saying that as a bad thing. He was, he is very intelligent. But uh, I, I was surprised how. How things went with him, but I will say this. Of, of all the board, at least I want to believe this. And I know for some of them it's true. I think they think that they're doing what's best for the organization, but but they think that they're scared to death that 
if they don't have complete control of the organization, then they can't manage it. And I think Matt scares them because if Matt runs and gets elected, which is, you know, it's 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 a very, very real and plausible possibility that they're not going to be, they don't want to give up all that control to someone who's not going to stay on and stay on there. I mean, you're right. That's exactly what it's turning into. It looks like they're, they're scared to death that Matt is going to take things or a president that has Matt's values will say that. I don't want to say Matt is going to be elected. But someone that has the values that aren't theirs, that represents the people that they think don't matter, which are top shooters, because they have said that, well, they say top shooters don't give a crap about the sport. I mean, in, in more or less words. Well, I, I have to say, Phil, they, they, they don't think top shooters matter. Like, if you're a B-class guy who has been shooting for two years and you just became an RO, do they don't think you matter either. Right. No, you're right. They don't. I don't. The only people they care about are guys who I don't know have been in in the club for like twenty years. Ted, Ted, I don't know if you've been listening to the Go Fast Don't Suck stuff. I have been listening to it. Ted Murphy talked about it a lot. The the, the culture of the organization, and it it seems like the culture is kind of code for like in the club and like <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like if there's guys who are in the club and not in the club, like I. I've been around USPSA for a long time, but I don't think I'm a part of the culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, at least what they define as a culture. I mean, they, I mean, it's completely personal. Um, I don't know, man. I, you know, I, I just, I'm scared to death that I, I'm scared that they're making moves that, in the grand scheme of things, no matter, I think what they know is no matter what they do. If they ignore the membership, if they ignore the comments and just do it, uh, uh, you know, new to the president position and, and hiring this person that can manage everything, which is kind of uh, that they can control and this person that can control. They're going to control the person and the person is going to control the president. So they're kind of playing puppet puppet masters here. I think no matter what happens, I think the the organization will continue to strive I'm just concerned about the long-term effects on what will happen. You know, the long-term effects of 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 these decisions being made, and the fact that you know they're they're making these bylaws, these bylaw changes. They're they're rushing them through so quickly, and then they're trying to close the door behind themselves by changing you know the 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 amount of votes it's going to take to go back to where it was. I mean, it's it's basically this is the end it's just, this is the way it's going to be and there's no way to change it because it takes almost a completely unanimous vote to to to, to update it and well you, you know uh around instagram and elsewhere there was this hashtag floated i think it was like a two day usa uspsa two day uspsa and at first i thought that you know that's okay that's a little silly but what it is i mean it's a coup when you do that uh yeah like you said in the last one it's it's uh you get it up to the roof and you pull up the ladder behind you yeah well it's uh that's well to me that that's like that's me. such arrogance when you have these guys thinking that in the his at any point before and any point after they have the vision for the sport that should sustain and should persist throughout time that's that more than anything uh is a display of arrogance yeah or fear, or fear, but I, I probably probably a deadly combination of both. 
Yeah. Yeah, I get I get why they're doing what they're doing. I just don't I just don't know if everyone gets it. I think a lot of people get it, obviously because of the the number of comments that are coming back saying, you know, let's get the special election done. Give us the president we want, and then you can start making the changes as the board, as the organization sees fit, instead of the way they're doing it. And, and you look, I, 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 I have to believe. Look, the second you stop believing in the process is the second the the organization falls. It's just like, and I'm, I keep going back to this. The Democrats were brilliant in that. <laughs> uh, the, the the Democrats in the election were brilliant in that they, of course, they cheated. Okay. <laughs> They elected a president that couldn't have gotten elected because of those many votes. But what the real goal there? I'm going to lose my fucking YouTube channel for this, but whatever. <laughs> sorry, sorry. But the goal there is, I don't think the goal is not to put someone in office that's not supposed to be there. I think the goal was to, to discredit the system. People already have a hard enough time getting out and voting, right? And now how much harder is that going to be when they have, have the impression because of this these questionable election tactics when they are questioning whether or not their vote even matters anymore why would i go out of my house and go vote if i'm worried it's not going to matter and the same thing could be said for uspsa if all these people are saying they want to do a certain thing and they want to go a certain direction and the board doesn't do it they're they're destabilizing the whole point of this which is electing people to represent them it just it, it worries the shit out of me for a long term of the organization and then maybe, okay, so, maybe that's what happens in, in 10 so, years Maybe USPSA is a business like well, that. I mean, Phil, that's good. And this is why that I've been putting the pressure on these guys, because um, it's not really about Matt. Like, it's not like, do you want no. Matt to be president? Do you not? Do you want a strong president or do you want a managing director? Like, that's not really at issue. The bottom line is, like, these guys are getting hammered <laughs> with emails and comments. The membership doesn't like this. Those of them that are paying attention to it. They have, I think we're having the better of the argument on the internet for sure. Right. Like, we've made a mockery of these guys, and they're not, like, they're, it's like they're not listening. It's like it doesn't matter. Yeah. I think they're going to have to see the, the danger of, of not listening. Because if you don't, like I said, if you don't listen to your membership, if you do whatever you're going to want to do, and you've now confirmed that the members' opinions don't matter, then then you have turned it into a business. You have you you are now no longer a membership-based organization. You are now IDPA, where one person makes the rules and one, one person makes the decisions, and that's the way it is. And maybe that's the direction we're going. I don't know, but and I mean, it's not about Matt. You're right. It's about they're scared to death that they're going to get a a, a president in there that they a can't control. Or B, they 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 just get they go down the road of just yeah whatever you want president like they did in the last one, and getting themselves a, a someone who can't control themselves, you know, socially. That's another risk. I mean, there's a lot of risks, and I think they just I think they're scared to death of it. And look, what's the worst that happens if they keep the system the way it is? They elect a president, and you know it's not necessarily Matt, but they elect a strong president who had who is opinionated and maybe doesn't see the things say see things the same way they do. What's the impact? What what do they have to lose? What's the damage to the organization? There is none because it all comes down to it. The president is still just one ninth of the vote. It doesn't matter. He, he may be in charge of the nationals and he may have check writing abilities. I don't know. He seemed to really love that part. But he's still only one ninth of the organization. He doesn't. He represents the organization as a figurehead, and 
And and that's it. Go ahead, Matt. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. Uh, I just wanted to say a counterpoint that we hear often is that there's so few comments coming in compared to the membership at whole. What would everybody else has answered this already? But what do you think about that? That they only got X number of comments and it's only one percent of the entire organization. Well, that that's what I was talking about earlier when I said they're arresting on the 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 the. the morals of, of, hey, you know, most of our membership, they just want to go shoot club matches and they don't care about all this stuff. And that's kind of what they're they're using as an example. Um, the, the problem is, is their non-involvement in the sport doesn't necessarily make it good. I mean, they're not involved in the decision-making. The people that are involved, the people that they're supposed to be representing are the people like us, I mean, I'll use myself as an example. I know what most of the club shooters that I shoot with, I know how they feel because I talk to them about it. You know, those people are going to get on a forum. They're going to not going to get on a podcast. They're not going to write their area director. They're just going to go, like you said, and shoot their club matches. But they have opinions. And people, the ground roots, the, you know, the, the ground level people, the people that make the foundation of the sport, they shoot around people like us, the, the more involved people. And we... You know, we get their information, we get their concerns, and we listen to them. And we, you know, if you open your ears at a match, you can actually hear how other people feel about it. And so, yeah, they may be getting only, you know, I don't know, what is it, 10%? Well, they say 1%, but it's actually like 5 or 6%. They may be getting 5 or 6, 5 or 6% of the membership, but how many of those people have another 5% of, of general membership that they shoot with every single week? I mean, I can well, no, tell you, it, a lot it, of people, it, not one of them is involved. This was, this was like, the, I noticed you at the in-person meeting uh, that they live streamed at Nationals. Like, uh, you were very nice to them, by the way. Um, but I think there was 50 or 60 guys in the room, and they made a point sometime during the, the meeting to talk about how few people were there and how, you know, you, you only speak for yourselves and your opinions don't, like, you, you know what I mean? Like, they were yeah. kind of, like, downplaying just the people that showed up. And it's like they failed to understand that it's a special type of dude who goes to the in-person meeting. They take time out of their nationals schedule to like go to that. Right. And these people have lots of friends and their, their opinion does pull a lot of other opinions yeah. and they are seriously pissing off a lot of opinionated people right now. Right. So here's what happens is you you're let's just use, I'll use myself as an example because I like to do that. So let's just say I'm vocal. Right, and I am passionate about the direction this organization is going. And in my opinion, uh, the the board just completely disregards everything that's being told to them by the core, by the I'll say the core membership. That means the you know the the one or two percenters, I guess. So they completely disregard those people, right? And they do whatever they're going to want to do. What's going to happen to these one or two percenters? Yeah, these people under them, the ones that they look, the people look up to them, or they shoot with them, or they always look forward to them coming to the matches. They're going to notice that these people stop coming or they're going to be so disenchantized with the, the decisions of the board and the way the direction is going. What do you think that's going to funnel down to? It's going to funnel down to your rank and file members who just want to go shoot club matches. If you start showing your disdain for the organization and the fact that the board never listens, that's one way to get the, the lower you know, the people who aren't getting involved. That's one way to get them involved is to tell them, hey, your board doesn't care about you. And all of a sudden, they're going to want to get their asses involved. But if you go back and say, hey, you know, we, 
we uh, we, we kind of went in this direction. We told them what we wanted, and the board listened. Then you're giving them some confidence, and they don't have to get their pitchforks and their freaking torches. And no, I don't know, man. It's so frustrating. I just I want to I want to circle back. I'm sure you love circle back, John. I want to circle back to the comment you made about made up positions. Like, uh, what <laughs> can you give me an example of like a made up position at USPSA? Would that be in a, uh, like uh, Troy having two assistants? Is that um, what's the what's the financial one? I forget. Chief financial officer. I think it's uh, DFO. DFO, what's that? Yep. Director of Finance and Operations. Is that a real one, Phil? Is that what you were referring to? Not to pin you down. I don't. I. I don't think it is. I don't. I don't understand. I don't. I don't understand the point of that position. <laughs> I mean, we're not. We don't have seventeen different, you know, accounts and and divisions to have to deal with. I mean, it's it's USPSA and it's it's money in, money out. There's one flow of money coming in. I don't understand what that position is. Uh, I understand, I, well, I don't want to, I don't, I don't know how that position became a thing. I don't know. I don't know what much about what's is the guy is Gary Nash. Is he the guy that does that? That's the guy. That's the name I hear floated for managing director. I don't know if that's related. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the background of where, who he is, where he's from, who he's friends with. I'm a, I, I assumed he was friends with Mike. I don't know. Uh, I just don't know. I, I just don't understand what that position is for. I don't get it. Um, I mean, Jake, as much as I like Jake, I, I, I'm not ashamed to say that I do like him. I think he's a, a cool guy to hang out with. He's basically doing what the president's supposed to do. Um, and I mean, and, and I, I, I've I've dealt with Jake on a professional level as far as him trying to get, you know, get prizes for nationals and that kind of thing. So I know he's working that side of it. So I don't want to say Jake doesn't do anything, um, but he's basically doing what the president should do. He's doing what I did and he's doing what Danielle did. I mean, Danielle worked for me. I paid her $800 a month. USPSA paid her $800 a month, $800 a month to get prizes for nationals, you know, which, you know, is usually in the hundred to $150,000 range steel challenge. You know, and we were able to do it with a, an executive director that made, I don't know what Kim made. I think she was in the seventy-five, $80,000 range. A president that made 55000 and a sponsorship coordinator that made $800 a month. Who did the, uh, uh, who did the accounting? That uh, was, um, we had an accountant, a part-time accountant at uh, Central Woolley or Burlington, actually, uh, that, that Kim hired. So it was, it was a part-time day. Part-time gig. They did. They hired them a few months before the uh, the budget was due, and of course the tax season. Interesting. Yeah. yeah I, to me, to me, hearing you talk about that, the thing that comes to mind is it, it's almost a shell game of positions and responsibilities, where it's it's it is shifted around, new things created, created old things abolished, like. Um, you know, you had mentioned earlier that uh, you were in a, a quote-unquote part-time position. You weren't working part-time hours. I'm just curious if you had to put on average how, how many hours a week were you putting into USPSA? Uh, I, you know, I figured that out um, because I was getting asked that by the board. And so I started logging the hours I was working 
Um, and it, it fluctuated quite a bit, but I would say uh, on I was putting a lot of time in around January because we were preparing for SHOT Show. I was going there a lot. I was putting a lot of time in around NRA Show because we, we had a booth there. So I would ban that every now and then. Um, so prepping for that, going to that took a little bit of time. Um, I don't. I never counted going to matches. I mean, I, I did travel to matches, but I never really counted that. But the time behind um, the Nationals, probably three months before Nationals, uh, during Nationals, a month after Nationals, at least 40, 45, 50 hours a week. Uh, on downtimes, not meant much, you know, 20, 25 hours a week. Um, and of course, before and after board meetings, it was a, you know, it was a full two, three, four days in a row work. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, I probably averaged 30, you know, 35 hours a week if I had to, you know, put all the higher work hours in and the lower work hours in. It was a lot. I mean, it was a lot I mean, of work. And you still couldn't, like, the general consensus was that uh, emailing you was kind of a way, because you, you know, you didn't, uh, like, most people would email you about stuff that you didn't even control as the president. Yeah, I, I got a lot of, well, yeah, the president at USPSA gets a lot of rando emails. Um, I would, you know, typically, if it was if it was something about um, like questions about like the biggest thing when I was president, one of the bigger things was you know uh, banning Paul when, when he was when he was caught cheating on the timer, and so I did get questions about that, and I would answer those as as frankly as I could, um, but usually there were questions that could be like, look, you know, you're you, you should definitely talk to your area director if it was one of those grassroots kind of issues, talk to your section coordinator. And if that doesn't work, talk to your area director. And if that doesn't work, come you know, come talk to me. And every now and then they would say, I tried all those, all that, and nothing worked, and I would address it. But you're right, I didn't engage. That was my biggest downfall, I guess, was I didn't engage every comment on Facebook or uh, I didn't engage every... Well, I would say you didn't engage chat. hardly at all online in public. No, no, not, not but much. I don't, I don't really think you had time for it is what I would say from the sounds of it. It was, yeah, I was pretty, I stayed pretty busy. Um, I would find times on the weekends. I would try to find times on the weekend to do it because obviously I couldn't do it during Remington time because I was traveling all the time. I was literally on the road uh, most of the time. Um, but I will say that a lot of my time was involved in um, trying to manage a Rudy Project from murdering you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing a lot of research on uh, that, You um, know how I am, dude I, I like, was getting letters and Like, I and, put out a meme And then if people start squealing I just I just go harder Yeah, just pouring, pouring gas on the fire Yeah, so I, I got I was dealing with that every now and then It was every It was like every month, it seemed You did something That <laughs> just absolutely I mean, it was just dealing with little fires it All it is It's all you're just stamping out little fires all the time And how would you, if you were on the board now, how would you be enjoying my antics, Mr. Phil? Uh, listen, if I were on the board, I would try to be as transparent as possible. Um, and, you know, I, I uh, like I said, I think, I think the board is scared uh, that you're going to get you're getting more people involved than they want to get involved, I think. Uh, <laughs> no, they count on people not getting involved. Right. Um, no, I think what you're doing is great because, <laughs> it, it, because it's getting people 
it's it's getting attention. It's putting spotlights on things and to be need to have spotlights on them. And it's and it's actually building awareness because if 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 people like you, and I usually use an example, but there's a lot of people out there, you know, um, um, the Bill Duda, you know, he's 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 staying on top of this to a degree, you know. Uh, there's a lot of people who who are leading the charge to kind of show people what's going on. I mean, honestly, look who. Who releases a bylaw change without tracking the changes? <laughs> I cannot believe that they did that. I couldn't believe it. I was I, I I saw the download. I got my email from USPSA. I clicked on a document, and I was like, "Wait a minute, where's the where's the redactions? Where else? Where are the changes? I couldn't believe they didn't put that." So if it were for you guys, or guys like you guys, you know putting a spotlight on things and showing, okay, we did the work for you, so here's all the differences, it, it, it helps a lot. It, it drives involvement. Whether it's the kind of attention you like or don't like, that shouldn't be uh, the important part. The important part is you're getting people involved, you're giving them an, a, a, a version of what's going on. The problem is, is USPSA, they've started that podcast, and I feel like they're, instead of just talking to the membership, I feel like they're just putting up these, you know, these, these prepared statements and they're saying kind of the same thing over and over again. It seems a little repetitive. And well, this, this is a good time for me to, like, I was going to bring this up later, but I'll bring it up now. I put out a, a short little video. Most of you saw it, I think, making some very specific accusations uh, I told, I said, I didn't believe Layton when he said there wasn't a nefarious plot. Uh, I said, these guys were kind of conspiring to, uh, to cock block, block Matt. I put that video out and every word of it was true. It turns out, but I still got like, they like Bruce one ran me through the mud on Facebook. He, he beat the hell out of me for that. And, and it was all true. And he knew it was true. And the memo came out after that and everyone's acting like this didn't happen like the board they're all acting like that 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 shit didn't take place like everybody read that like we saw what you did like what's going on guys and they got nothing to say nothing oh well then i'll tell you you are uh you are absolutely the best person to be in this position because you're kind of paranoid now as it is you're a conspiracy theorist and no one likes you <laughs> so you are in the perfect position to do. I love you, by the way. I love you. I've always liked you, but but yeah, that's. I think, and I think that's gonna. They'll actually they'll probably use that against you because they're 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 betting on the fact that uh, that people won't take you seriously because of your your background. Because you know you were a controversial guy back in the day. Yeah, no, now, I'm very controversial and all of that. Now and, you're just kind of a big teddy bear. Now you just <laughs> now but, I, now I'm nice. But yeah. no, I and actually it plays to my advantage, like that uh, that I'm so disliked by so many people because it just like the haters are like they're they're finding their best they're they're doing their their damnedest to to uh, attack us and they don't really have a whole lot to go with except for hey he's an asshole or yeah, just they're turning it into an us versus him or us versus Ben's boys kind of thing and if you're the problem is, is if you're, and I've seen this, and now that I've done this podcast, I will probably be lumped in that group. But 
the board, uh, they they will they I'm sure they just look disdainly upon you and your friends, the people that you talk to and engage with you and to a degree agree with you, because, you know, I agree with a lot of the things you're bringing up. Um, I also do believe I do generally believe that the board, uh, they it, as a group collectively, I think they want what's best for the organization, what they think they want is best for the organization. Um, I don't know if they have malice towards the organization as a whole. I just think they may have lost touch with uh, with what it is, maybe. I don't know. It's a, it's a tough situation to be in. And the problem is, is what I don't, what they don't understand is, or what they, maybe they do understand, maybe they're starting to understand it is, like I said, if Matt were to get elected, I'm using that as an, an example, and uh and completely butt head butted heads with everyone on the board nothing changes i mean nothing's gonna change i mean they'll try to do everything they can to discredit discredit you or discredit the new president and you know eventually try to find ways to get him out but you know i i uh i don't think the organization is going to be affected if they bring a president in that they don't agree with now i do think that um, I think what they're trying to do, what, what initially what they were trying to do is they were trying to organize a bylaw change to possibly alleviate the uh, another situation where a man like Foley could come in and do the damage he did. I, I think that's what they're using as a smokescreen, maybe, to kind of move the organization in the direction they want to go. Um, and I think that's kind of what people think. Oh, they... Yeah, they, they threw everything on Foley. They, like you said, they, they they went hand in hand with them, step by step with them all the way through the process. And now <laughs> they're throwing the baby out with the bathwater and they're using that as, yeah, we don't want this to happen again. So we're changing the bylaws to make sure it doesn't happen. Where I think there might be other stuff at play, personally. Phil, I, I agree with a lot of the things you say. <laughs> so like one of the things you said is like the, the club people who cares about the club shooting club match level one match um, things like that just people who are not really uh, speaking their opinions yet maybe like they're looking up to certain group of people like the top shooters it could be or it could be well behaved or match director things like that so there's definitely like a group that's more more respected in our sport in my opinion yeah um and of course when they're like you said the opinion goes down from it and I think the reason why bylaw change right now is being so rushed uh, and also trying to make it before the elected president or special election is because the opinion will start form more and more and more. And now maybe the, the feedback or the comment, maybe 1% of our membership, maybe, but it's, that's going to grow as time goes by because the opinions go down. Uh, because not a lot of people actually pay attention to what the board is doing. Well, first of all, yes, like there's, we talked about, there's no transparency. The board, even the USPSA uh, podcast, there wasn't really significant information how like their intent or actually what's happening in the board meeting, right. board documentation, things like that. And that's why when one of the document was released and one of the area director uh, admitted that that's from the area director, like the leaked document, things like that, when as it's coming out, uh, what's happening is, first of all, there's information com coming out to the members. And in my interpretation, the board doesn't want it. 
I'm not saying that the whole every single board members, but in general, the, for the bylaw change, they don't want people to have the opinion formed. So what I'm seeing on on one of the document I'm I'm seeing like like I said, area director's document, is like literally it says uh, the hollow monkeys. Yeah, f them. That was part of the document. <laughs> this is a this is a clear discrimination against minorities, especially the minority <laughs> I'm talking about over here is the most, uh, not, I shouldn't say the most, pretty important and pretty well-respected minority group in our sport. Maybe it's like 1%, 2%, I don't know the percentage-wise, but <laughs> I don't know if you listen to the uh, bylaw change special episode, but I, I kind of mentioned that the previous purpose of the organization from the bylaw, the current one, versus the new bylaw, the purpose of the organization they they state is completely changed from member serving to the corporation what? serving. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the opinions I said is like, this is kind of like South Korea versus North Korea. Yeah. And well, in USA, one of the great country, the minorities are accepted. Uh, terms like LGBTQ, do you <laughs> see them getting executed? No, because you have a religion. Do you get executed? No. Uh, how about some countries, like I said, North Korea? Minorities? Yeah, gets executed. <laughs> okay. They're not just existing. So in this kind of case, clear discrimination against minorities uh, leads into very detrimental status. Well, I don't well, think they're going to execute us, Mr. Kim. Uh, yeah, it's not. not that, did, uh, yeah. <laughs> Rhetorically, yeah, I, they've executed us. I, I, I hear what you're saying. And you're not wrong. I mean, listen. The, the, for years, the organization, the board, the organization as a whole has always complained that there's not enough members represented in elections, represented in, in anything, really. I mean, they're, they're, the elections always pull low numbers, and that's always been a complaint. But now people are actually, like you said, people are actually starting to get involved. They're starting to get digging into some of the facts and digging into some of these, you know, these details that they would have otherwise ignore before they're starting to say something and now and if they believe in a certain way if they if they believe and clearly according to these comments it sounds like they're kind of leaning towards oh yeah yeah Phil, I, have, I have to tell you I have now seriously how these guys, my man what's that I'm seriously fucking them up my man yeah well see that that's the thing to me is that let's say um the, the bylaw changes are, are entirely good and proper. They should be instituted. Any dissent is wrongheaded. Well, you still have the perception or PR problem that the board just seems willing or, or, or fit to, to ignore, regardless of whether the changes are good. You have, you have a, uh, the membership, um, I would say the majority of the active membership, um, in opposition to this, but it's it's not being addressed. Like you said on the USPSA podcast, we get we get talking points, we get, get the canned response. Um, they won't, it, dude. I'll tell you this: you listen to the "Go Fast, Don't Suck" with Mister with Ted Murphy on there. When this, when something even sort of a, a tangential question to this came up, Ted acted confused about the emails he was getting. He acted confused, like, well, they used to be saying they wanted a weak uh, president, and now they're saying they want a strong president, and I'm kind of confused. Like, yeah, I'm sure that's what people are emailing you, Ted. He also said that a lot of the emails were worded the same. 
Like he was kind of clearly hinted, yeah. hinting that he thought that we had a centralized campaign to tell people what to write. That's not true. Everybody's looking at the facts and they're drawing basically the same conclusion and sending it in. And, they're, and it's being discounted on that basis that the emails are similar. At least yeah. that's how I took Ted's comments to me. Well, yeah, I, I'm seeing that. And there, there are many ways that that the comments and the feedback is being and will be discounted. You know, if it, my thing is, if you have a platform, you do, um, you know, we do when we get together and talk about this, you know, a sizable uh, number of people watch this and, uh, and, you know, you have followers on Instagram <laughs> and uh, <laughs> having a platform doesn't invalidate the argument. Being a top shooter doesn't invalidate the argument. Um, you know, the, the only counter argument I'm seeing proposed is that, well, the, these GMs just want to run the sport and <laughs> you're, you're not listening. You're not listening, listening, listen to what we say, but uh, I'm, I'm I, fine I, with I, them putting, having an election and then everybody gets to vote and kind of the chips fall where they may. But I'm fine with that. Why, why is top, why are top shooters classified? Here's why. Question was going to be, why are top shooters classified as such a negative for the sport. And again, it's this whole us versus them mentality where the a lot of the ROs, a lot of the you know the people that run the matches, they see us as the gamers and that kind of thing. But the fact of the matter is, is if you've if if you've attained a level of competency in the sport to be a top shooter, and let's say, I mean top shooter doesn't mean there's let's face it, there's 30 top shooters. Okay. Let's just be real clear. There's there's 20 or 30. There's 3,000 that are viewed as top shooters because they have a master or grandmaster card, right? So they're, be that as it may, if you've attained that level of top shooting, that means you had a love for the sport. That means you, you, you have a passion for it. So that seems to me the more involved you are and it's, the more time and effort you've put into attaining some sort of level of ability in the sport, I think that is a, a more amenable trait than anything. I mean, obviously, if you're if you're doing the work and you're I mean, I'm still an RO, I still maintain my RO status, I do help at matches. That's also important. But I, I don't understand why top shooters are always looked at as the enemy in the sport. I've never gotten that. And, uh, you know, I, I never look at it that way. Now, there are some there are some top shooters that do fit the mold. Of some no, of these. Yeah, Madison. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 There are some top shooters who do fit the mold. And I do understand, I do understand it uh, to a degree, but it doesn't speak for all of them. And, you know, I don't know, man. I, I, uh, it's just, I get more frustrated the, the more I talk about it. The more I talk about it, the more I think about running again. Sorry. <laughs> I, I would, I wouldn't think about it, but I can't. I couldn't. It's, it's completely up in the air. How do you even, I mean, how are you not a nervous wreck? I mean, you don't know what position you're running for yet. I have literally I, I think, no idea. Well, which it's, is, it which sounds is funny. like they're going to have it set up so that it's going to be extremely difficult for a guy who needs to have a full-time job to do this job on top right. of it. You're going to travel all the time. You're going to be you're going to be working 40 hours a week, and we're going to pay you a part-time. So, and it said that in the bylaws. It would be traveling 
to every match or every every area match or something. That's that's ridiculous. Uh, they didn't include area matches. All national level matches and any international matches hosted inside the U.S. Uh, that sounds too bad. Well, that, I actually looked it up. It's about seventy-one nights of travel yes. just for those matches. Seventy-one nights of travel for a part-time gig. That's crazy. The funny thing was that this was the the argument was we have to do this before the election because we had to clarify this position. We have to uh, to make sure <laughs> the people interested have a a, a good understanding of, of the expectations before running. And I, I think uh, you tell me, Matt. You're 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 a candidate, uh, potential candidate. Have you gained any clarity through this process? And you're on the board. Like you're not you're not an outsider who's. I definitely about have more running. clarity than everybody else. I think just because I am on the board and I hear and see conversations about this. Oh, shit. <laughs> but, I, I mean, nothing is finalized at all. There's been no finalization of what, what they're going to require the person to do or anything like that, So, or what even the pay is. I have so no idea. In, in my heart, I want to believe, like I said, I want, I want to believe that the board is shell-shocked from the... the <laughs> I gotta put this from the unexpected turn of events that came from the president that they backed, and I think that I think that has scared them into want to, to and scared them into believing that what they're doing is protecting the organization from a possibly bad president. And I just don't think they understand that. Look, you're gonna it's an elected position, and whether anyone wants to believe it or not. And, and, you know, and I'm sure I'll catch some hell for saying this. Elections are typically based on name recognition, a.k.a. popularity. OK. And I think that also scares them, because if someone of of a, a extremely recognizable name turns out to be a nitwit and not a leader, that's that's worrisome for them. Um, so I, I want to believe that's kind of why they're going in that direction. Uh, it's just the timing is so suspect and the way it's going through it just uh, it doesn't it doesn't smell right you know what I mean it just doesn't smell right. <laughs> well did you did you read the Bruce one memo I assume so, I, did. Like, I, I did. mean you got to take him at his word I suppose I mean the word that he wrote down he didn't think you'd read not what he put on Facebook and said about me right yeah the stuff he didn't think you'd see that's what I would listen to well, protecting protecting the organization is not, not a bad thing at all. Yeah, protecting <laughs> organization is good, but how the behavior is really important. Like how to come to that decision is very important. Uh, interesting thing lately was I've been listening to many like the Bill Duda stuff, like Instagram Live, a podcast, things like that. I I've been noticing three patterns for the current board members right now. Uh, there are some that actively listens so like when i go to the instagram live i always see matt hopkins there and there are some other area directors name because i can check who's listening to that specific uh live and i've been seeing some area directors actively engaging actively listening to members and there are some area directors i see passively listening meaning unless somebody asks you something you won't engage and there's a some area directors i also saw actively not listening <laughs> try to disengage yeah. with the members. And yeah. I think the very first one is essential to come to a good decision, 
actively listening to the members, actively engaging with the members. Yeah. Well, because look, like like the older area directors, I think agree, this is our sport, not one man's sport. And I, in order think, to have that, yeah, actively yeah. listening is important. Listen, I think I, I'll be. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not trying to defend the board here, but I will say that the position has changed a lot. Uh, an area director position is not the same as it was. It is. It. That's not my point. Yeah, I'll get to the point in a second. The, the position has changed in that back in the day, you know, uh, when I was area four director, I'll say, um, or, or, or or even while I was president, the area directors, they, the scrutiny they were under was have a good area match, give out your slots to nationals, and, a, and a, you know, or, or manage, manage your national slots to your section coordinators and, and manage your area. In, 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 in a way that reflects on your match usually that's how you know that you know guys know that that's how you kind of so sometimes classify how good an area director was doing was how good their match was you know uh i mean there was always strong and not as strong matches out there and it was kind of reflective of the area director and they never really had to listen to a lot of heat you know because there a there was no forum for it like there is now now there's the, the area directors are under more scrutiny. They're under, they feel like, you know, it, it was an easier position back then. And now they're holding their, getting their feet held to the fire. And I think that a lot of them are maybe reacting negatively to that. And, you know, it's, it's a tough job. It's not the job it used to be. And because of guys like you, and this is not a bad thing, uh, you know, they're being <laughs> held accountable and that's good. Uh, yeah. But I think they I haven't, mean, that. they now, haven't, they have not, even just come out and address this head on. They haven't addressed it. Right. Exactly right. And I think if they, what was it? Uh, you guys watched, you guys watched Clear and Present Danger, right? You guys watched that movie with Harrison yeah. Ford? And they were talking about you know, the, the guy that was killed by the drug dealers, he was friends of the president, and they were like trying to deflect, deflect. And yeah, he's like, yeah, just yeah, stare into it. Say you're friends. And if they ask, uh, uh, were you good friends? No, we were the best of friends. You know, you 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 don't give them anywhere to go. And I think heading it off the past and saying, look, you know, we if the board were to say, look, you know, we it's okay. We had we made mistakes with the presidents for the presidency. We made mistakes with the president, and it's it's on us, you know. And you know, and we are moving forward amicably. And you the know, problem is, Phil. They can't take accountability or they can't come out and honestly, they can't come and address this without admitting to lying about something. There's no way. I mean, well, either like if Foley, saying, Foley, hey, was a, Foley was a problem for a while and they never would, they acted like everything was fine. I know. Yeah. And it's like, well, you, you have to kind of, you have to say that, you know, like if that's the truth, just, just say it. Well, it's sometimes uh, coming clean isn't, uh, isn't easy. And maybe, uh, maybe a, a leap of faith is, uh, even if it's to say, listen, mistakes were made and you we're going to initiate the election mistakes. and we hear yeah. you. We're learning so, from mistakes. We hear what you're saying. We're going to, you know, we, we've heard you about the bylaws and, you know, this is a start of something. This is a start of a change that we want to try to implement USPSA. You can, you know, you, you listen, I'm a politician at heart. <laughs> you guys know that. Yes. There's a way to make it work, but they, you know the problem is, is they're not politicians. You know, they're they're guys who, they're they're all. It's it's 
it's turning, it could very easily turn into a good old boy mentality, or at least that's what it could look like from outsiders looking in, such as yourself. So I think, so, like you so, said, honesty, heading it off at the pass, and <laughs> being very direct with the membership, it may, you may take a few lumps, but guess what? Guess what's not going to change? The members, the, the, the organization will still stay on track, even if you admit to some mistakes. So the well, healthy way I, to tell do you this, over as here a guy who's a guy is, dishing out a lot of the lumps, um, they'll take a lot less lumps from me if they change course on this. Because, like, again, like, what am I going to say if they're like, "Yeah, we did X, Y, Z wrong, and this is what we're doing"? I'd be like, "Okay, like, what yeah, am I going to go? You got nowhere to go then. Now, you got nothing to talk about shooting. As much as I would love to, you know, sit and, you know, attack Leighton and just beat on him, like, if, you know, I can't really do that if they. If he hears you, me. You know, so you know, the, the, you the have right, to start talking about UFOs and shit like that. Yeah, the right way to do over here. So as the as the sport and the organization grows, like clearly the member number is a lot higher than before. The responsibility of the people in authority grows, and to lessen that responsibility is not to take power away from the members, but actually share the power with the members. So the people in authority, like the board member doesn't have as much responsibility. But right now it's going the total opposite direction to take power away from the members and then try to have them control. In this kind of case, the yeah, the organization is not going to be healthy. Right. Because well, the, the growth the is not stopping. The power of the membership is their representatives. I mean the yes. power is them being able to say what they want and their member and their representative, their area director doing it. And like you said, the way you take that power away is by disregarding everything they say in the first place. So that can't happen. And uh, like I said, short term, yeah, we're still going to have a nationals. We'll still have club matches. Long term, it's it's this shit's going to turn into a, a dot com instead of a dot org if we're not careful. And some people want that, you know, because then it's one opinion. It's shut that up and shoot. I want to springboard off of this before we get too far removed from this Bruce one memo. You know, everyone, everyone talked a lot about that when it came out, you know, the uh, Instagram pundits and, and uh, meme pages and everyone. And, and there's a lot of focus on uh, the FU comment and, and the, the other substantive uh, like structural changes proposed by Bruce. But one thing I haven't seen anyone talk about, and I think it's the most telling thing of all, it, there's a comment in there. There's a line that says, we may have, we being the board, may have to take a more active oversight role in the short term. And the context of that comment was until the managing, the new managing director gets rolling. And to me, it, yeah. my question is, have you not been taking an active oversight role before? No, like, they haven't been. So, so it, Phil, how long have you been in the sport? 20, 28 years. Wow. In, in 28 years, has, have the bylaws always reflected that the board is the ultimate authority and the ultimate agenda setter in the sport? Always. Okay. Sport and and I've, I've, read the, I've read the draft bylaws. They're still the ultimate agenda setter. The, the buck stops with the board, and it sounds like it always has. That was my understanding. So – this this ties into my earlier comment about the shell game. It seems like the front man, they want to, you know, shift in and out and in and out. That way they, they can 
abdicate their responsibility, not have to, to perform their active oversight duty. Just out of curiosity and your time on the board, I mean, were they, as far as the oversight, the, the steering of the sport, was that an expectation that they had for you? Is that something that they delegated to you? Was that something that uh, you saw them, were they telling you, um, this is where we want the sport to go, this is what you are to implement? No, I mean, I, I never got uh, a collective, uh, here, Phil, this is where we want the sport to be um, vibe ever. Uh, my, my, uh, my responsibilities were, as, as the bylaws are written, were a lot less complicated. Um, but part of that responsibility was to, to promote the sport, you know, to grow the to grow the organization, not to make it more money, but to grow the organization to the to, to put the uh, the sport out in the public to promote the shooting sports and safety and that kind of thing, and of course to run the nationals. And part of that, part of the steering the organization was to serve those mandates, not to make more money. It was just to make the matches better, to make the nationals better, to make the organization more. conducive to uh, being able to promote itself you know um, i mean pick up steel challenge was a, was a step in the direction we wanted to go because it expanded the shooting sports it got out of uh, you know the what the what we were in and it kind of expanded things out a little bit so there was always a there was always a, a drive just to make the sport better as a whole but you know it was not never specifically like like Hansel was saying it was never specifically profit motivated now i'll tell you one of the things i really wanted to do and this was i was hot on this for a while i wanted to buy the u.s shooting academy not a lot of people know that but when the u.s shooting academy failed this you guys know what this is if you find yeah, uh when that place went under it was purchased by some yokel uh, I don't remember his name, but he was in over his head and he wanted to sell the entire campus outside of the little north ranges that the sheriff's office built. He was going to sell that place for $1.2 million. And all the work on the ranges, the big ranges down at the bottom, what used to be the Bianchi Cup ranges, they just turned those into another 12 ranges. That had already been done. All the work had been done. The building was That was the building. That was the, the office building. That was the... Uh, uh, the maintenance building and all the ranges and all the equipment for 1.2. And yeah, we had the money and uh, it got shot down immediately by everyone. Um, but that was my goal. My, my long-term goal would have been, I really wanted to push that and make it, make it happen because having an organized, a centralized organization, now Tulsa, you know, they are better places, but it's, as far as centralized, central locate, centrally located, near an airport, hotels, infrastructure, a decent range, as long as you make sure the creek doesn't blow up a, a levee and flood the place, um, well laid out, and you'd be able to take your staff or hire new staff, you know, that's the way it would be, and have them in a centralized location, and you'd be able to have a membership-driven range. You want to be a member of the U.S. Unique, uh, the USPSA range? You join the organization and you're now you're a member, you know? And I just saw that as a way to really 
centralize the sport, not have to deal with contracts anymore. You had a centralized location where you owned everything. And that was actually a, a, something I really wanted to push when I was president, but it got it got kiboshed pretty quickly. Um, I think that would, I think that would have been huge. I mean, I, again, it's Tulsa the best area. I mean, I liked it, but I, I see the downsides to it. But still, having a dedicated facility for everything, that'd be amazing. I thought that'd be cool. But but that was just yeah, that was again that was something I was pushing. But obviously, I couldn't do I couldn't just do it. You know, I still had to have the board to sign off on it, and you know they didn't. So, but it was like you said, it was a board decision. It wasn't a president decision. It was a, I was trying to implement it. I was trying to make the deal happen, and you know the board didn't have it. So, that's how it was supposed to work, right? Just like it would work if they didn't change the bylaws. It's still the board is still runs the organization. No matter how you slice the pie. The board runs the organization. Well, they, they want to run it without looking like they run it, as near as I right. can tell. So one thing, like, I kind of noticed this dynamic where it's like Troy comes up with a rule change, sends it to the board. The board votes unanimously for it. So if you say anything to Troy, Troy's like, well, the board voted for it. And if you talk to a board member about it, like, well, this was Troy's recommendation. And, and round and round we go. You can't, like, nobody takes accountability for anything. And... Uh, one thing I'm noticing that's kind of interesting is Matt's kind of breaking that. Like he voted against the popper calibration thing. How much did you take any flack for that, Matt, on the board? No, really, not that I can say. Not that you can say. No. <laughs> I don't understand that. I don't. I do not understand that rule change. I mean, I, I didn't understand half of the rule changes they made, but that was had to have been one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. I don't understand. Well, they they acknowledged they had to change the rules. But they had to change it in a way where they never admitted they were wrong in the first place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, look, I, I've said this. And when, when JJ got, uh, who was JJ got screwed over last year on the popper? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and look, I, I, I agree that if your ammo is making a power factor and you have a very clear hit on the scoring circle of the popper, and then, you know, an RO stops, comes by and, and shoots it and it falls over. There's something inherently wrong with that. But my question to them, because they came, yeah, listen, when that happened, who do you think caught all of it? I mean, I caught it all. What hopefully, would you do? hopefully you, know, you, Phil. How old? 50. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, I was the oldest guy on the squad, probably. <laughs> but they all came to me saying, you yeah, know, well, what, you know, don't you think we should be changed to this and this and this? And they were like saying, if you just hit it, it should be good. I said, well, how do you determine a hit? And how do you determine the circle? Do you, I mean, how do you know, do you have, do you have an overlay on it? You know, it's, I said, look, you, you, I understand what you're saying, but you have to understand that you're going to be going down a, war, a, a rabbit hole here if you're not careful on how the change would be implemented. Is it a full bullet diameter on the popper? How do you determine that? There's a lot of subject subjectivity that could lead to this being done the way they wanted it, which is, you know, if you hit the popper in the, in the scoring circle or above, and it doesn't fall, automatic reshoot. Kind of like the plates, you know, when we had the plate calibration, they changed to that. Um, so, yes, I agree that the, the new rule, calibrating it twice, I do not understand it. Uh, maybe take someone smarter than me to, to explain it to me to where I do understand it. But um, but going the other way. I think way, it would take someone a lot dumber to explain it. Yeah. But going the other way, going the opposite direction, saying if you hit it and it doesn't fall, it's it's a reshoot. Well, you have to be very specific on how you're going to determine 
if the popper was hit. 95% of the time, it's going to be an easy call. Yeah, there's a bullet, there's a mark on the steel, it's painted, and you're good to go. Uh, and obviously, you would have to try, probably make some sort of level one exemption because they're not going to be painting the steel after every shooter and that kind of thing. I get it, but um, but yeah, there was a way to do it, and that was definitely not the way to do it. Just like the flashlight thing. I mean, I mean why wouldn't you just make that a level one exemption and just be done with it? I just, uh, I, I don't, I just, I was, that's, I was at my wits end when all that crap started happening with production going down the, down the tubes and. I, I, I do have a question because we touched on it earlier about the, let me call it consensus culture in the bo in the board because Consent. yeah they, that's the culture Ted was talking about I'm just yeah so I, I'm I'm curious uh, between your your tenure and Foley's because it seemed to be that they they put a high value or they seem to put a high value on on driving consensus because I I can't I I can maybe I remember maybe one vote uh during his tenure that wasn't unanimous and i just i'm just curious to know um if if you saw a similar uh thing from from your board or boards throughout your tenure is there a high drive to make it unanimous to reach a consensus because to me you know healthy debate debate is healthy inherently um it, it helps you clarify it helps you get to the best ideas possible it serves as a filter and to me seeing what i saw from the board and fully administration i mean it's it's all unanimous yeah. everything except for well, tony cowden the flashlight yeah, and, right. and that's that's the one i'm thinking of. bruce bruce one was leading unanimous. the charge to not ban tony the flashlight it, wasn't unanimous right oh, that's right that's true there were two there were two people that voted against it yeah it was ted, uh, ted and chad who Ted Murphy and Chad. Yeah. Chad Stanton. Yeah. I, uh, listen, whenever I proposed a, a, a vote or a proposed a subject to be voted on, you know, I, I gave my opinion. Uh, I tried to play devil's advocate and listen, I, I, I was passionate about everything that I did on the, when I was with USPSA, I'm passionate now about everything I do for six hours. And everything I do in within USPSA as a member in an RO, I'm very passionate about everything I do, as you all know, because you all know me. Uh, but I was I would never get to the point where I would make it my agenda and force the issue. I would simply, here's why I think this is a good idea. The same thing with carry optics. You know, some people thought I was crazy when I when I suggested carry optics. And because of what I did and my part and place in the industry and that kind of thing, I knew it was gonna be a thing. It was just it was inevitable. And um, you had your job at SIG lined up so you could get that 320 out there, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. Three years later, I figured Remington was going to fire me, or two years later, whatever it was. Um, that worked out okay. But yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying, but no, I never, I, that was never, there was never a push to make everyone get on board. You know, um, in fact, uh, there was a lot of votes that a lot of the, uh, um, you know, agenda items that I suggested they got shot down. And you know, sometimes that's the way it is. And and you had some drama on the board too, yeah. Yeah, you know, all the, every all the time. No, but like Jay Jay Corn, the area six director for a while, that was during your tenure, wasn't it? It was when he kind of imploded along the same lines as Chuck. Was my understanding? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was. Uh, 
That was that was a that was a mess. I still have all those files too, so I, I keep it all just in case. Yeah. <laughs> I dealt with a lot of drama. I dealt with a lot of drama. I had uh I had area directors that got in over their head, they didn't want to do it, they just quit. I had area directors that got mad because things didn't go their way and quit. I had area directors that you know that were just past their tenure and uh, you know they had to get they didn't want to run again. Um, so yeah, it was tough, man. It was I like I said, I had one board member from start to finish that didn't change. That was it. So it was hard to get things done. It was a it was a challenge. And I you know I still think we we did good. We had we had great matches. We had great nationals. We had uh, you know our membership climbed. So everything was fine. It was just it was a lot of work. And that, God, I wish I could have. I like to think. I'm not tooting my own horn or anything here, but I like to think that if I had been given the opportunities and and been put in the position that Mike was put in, I like to think that I could have gotten a lot accomplished. Um, again, I I don't I, I it would have been really nice to be able to engage 100% of the job to actually talk to people online. Uh, and to to do that part of it would have been awesome. I would have really enjoyed it. Um, and it saddened me that you know that, that Mike it, it got to his head. I think the position and being overly involved or being involved and being that deep into it, I got it got to him. Um, I, you know, I, I don't I don't know what kind of person he was when when he got elected. I really didn't know him that well. Um, but I I can't imagine it was an easy job for him to. And it clearly didn't. It clearly it, it had some effect on him. And, but I feel like I would have I would have done really well with that because I would have loved to be all in like that. It would have been great. Um, and I hope that if they keep the position the same, and if Matt gets elected, I think uh, you know I, I look forward to seeing what 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 will happen. I mean, honestly, listen, I, I nothing against Matt or anything, but I don't think I don't think the organization is going to. It's not like the organization is just going to turn around and and be. Completely ludicrous. I just think, you know, I think Nationals are still going to be good. Let's face it, I mean, Nationals weren't horrible over the last few years. There were some horrible things about them, like not having food and bathrooms and certain things. There are certain aspects of the match. Not enough phase. Not enough phase. You know, but again, the match happened and it wasn't horrible. There have been some horrible Nationals. Um, which direction do you see this thing going? Like, you think there's any probability, or not a for sure not a probability. I don't see any possibility of the board changing their their mind at this point. I don't listen. You know, I I don't know. I just um, I I want to believe that they'll listen to the comments, which have have undoubtedly been strongly against changing the bylaws before the election. Um. If that's the case, I, I have to have faith that they're going to do what the what they're. Although it's a small percentage of the membership, what their vocal howler monkey membership is going to want them to do. Um, I hate to say that I'm one of those howler monkeys, but you know, look, no one's called me. Lee Lee Cabana has not called me uh, to say, you know, what do you think? That always bugged me, by the way. Um, when I when I got elected president. You know, Mike Mike Voigt and I were in a very heated battle for the presidency. No one thought he would ever get voted out. So it was heated. We didn't hate each other. I mean, we were friends. 
But after I got elected, I talked to Mike monthly. I mean, I was always on the phone with him because I valued his experience. And like love him or hate him, the guy was, he was solid. He didn't take shit from the board. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't let him, he didn't let them bully him. And, you know, he was, he was awesome. And I called him all the time, all the time when I, when I had things I wasn't sure about or wanted some advice. I got that many calls from the president that followed me because, you know, I was, like you said, I was deemed a bad president because I, you know, because I wasn't, uh, I wasn't cussing people out and banning them on, on, on internet forums or whatever. So <laughs> I never, I never was, never was approached with that. And I, and I'm not saying that Lee should be calling me and asking me for advice because, you know, but he's not. Well, he should call someone. I listened to his uh, Go Fast on Second review. The guy's a walking, talking dial tone. Like, yeah. uh, He's a nice guy. I just, uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, uh, it's, it's, it, what they're doing right now is not nice. It's not. Not nice to you. Well, it's not nice to me, but it's not really, it's not really nice to the members to be sitting there and like bullshitting them still. It's kind of like, yeah. are you guys seriously not going to, like, I can understand them fucking me over. Like, I get that. Believe me. But yeah. like, it's the lying to everyone else about it is kind of, it's kind of weird. Listen, you got to have faith. You got to keep faith in the system. You got to keep faith in your elected leaders. And I want to believe that if the engaged membership is saying that they don't want these bylaws changed, and and I understand why they wouldn't. It doesn't doesn't add up. It doesn't smell right. And if, if the membership is saying that, the majority of the people are saying that, I have to believe that they're going to do what the majority says. I don't want to be the guy that says, they're not going to listen to us. Now, if they don't, well, then that's, that presents a new problem. That presents uh, some challenges for the membership and the organization, because now the membership, uh, at least the vocal ones, are going to start to believe that their voice doesn't matter, and, you know, and they're going to go right down that North Korea, South Korea road, right? <laughs> executions will start <laughs> yes yeah, so i feel first. like that they'll be a very motivated to vote and it doesn't take many votes to swing elections as you pointed out because nobody votes right right well not a large enough percentage anyway but um i don't know man i the area I, that I, actually I, voted in the recent was 30 percent. that's not bad that's not it's bad. like 25 for president so yeah i uh I have faith they're going to do what the membership wants them to do. Um, I think you all have, you guys, you and others like you all have shed too much light on the questionability of what's going on. And I think <laughs> that may have gotten more people involved in the organization. I mean, look, it motivated USBSA to start a podcast, which I completely agree with as long as like we mentioned it's transparent and it takes questions and answers that would be a big one let's take some questions you know uh, like real questions real ones yeah force your memberships to membership to get involved and ask the hard questions listen when you were you interviewed me as president right yeah i didn't avoid any questions you you asked no no you didn't no the attitude was very different back then so you got to just be direct, be honest. Sometimes you're going to get tough questions. You have to be prepared to answer them in a way that's going to, listen, sometimes it's going to upset some people. Sometimes it won't. But 
as long as you're doing what you think is right and what the majority of your membership wants you to say, because listen, there's going to be a lot of times where the majority of the membership, you know, when I was running for area four director, I really wanted to get rid of the targets with the heads on. You know, I wanted to grow the sport in that direction because no matter what you say, people, as long as you're shooting targets with heads on them, it's going to be viewed as a defensive sport. Defensive sports, they don't get the most, uh, you know, support from the industry outside of shooting. And I was trying to grow. I wanted to get sponsors like Coca-Cola and, you know, I wanted to make it kind of a big thing. And I was, I wanted to get rid of the head targets. That got kiboshed by the membership. They, people wanted to keep their roots. I mean, whatever. And a target's a target. But, yeah, that was one of those things. I was passionate about it. But sometimes the membership isn't going to feel the way you feel. And you have to accept that. And as long as our leadership is willing to accept what the members want, even if it goes against their morals and what they think is best for the sport, then it's the way it is. You know, accept it. So how, what the members should do right now to lead the organization to the right direction is to do basically like the, the leak document. One of the first things it says is, frankly, I don't think most of our members will care. That's one of the sentences in the document. And us as a member, we have to make that opposite. What it means is members starts to care. And then the minority, which is hollow monkeys or people who actually speak out, Major minority has to be majority to be able to change this, meaning members start to speak and care. Yeah. I mean, I, I think all the members in our sport, or as, at least most members, love the sport, love shooting part, and love the community part. And now it's time to care about the actual organization part of it too and start speaking out. And yeah, minority becomes major majority. Yeah. yeah, it'll change. I'm very confident, like looking at this, like, just getting people to have a conversation about this stuff. This is why, Phil, the, the trolling, the memes, the provocation mm -hmm. by sort of forcing a confrontation, forcing the conversation to happen. Right. I know the more people that talk about this, I know what direction they're going to go. Of like course. They're going to they're gonna see things for how they are, and they're, not, they're probably not going to like it. Right. And, and, and you're, not, you're not wrong. And, and H1, you, uh, you make a good point. But I, but I will say this. I, I I don't disagree to, to an extent with what they said, because I, I know a lot of people who are members, they don't care. No, they're not. They're not wrong. This is what we've trained them. We've trained the board right. for the last uh, five years, at least, where it's like they do something we don't like. And they've trained us too. like we email them. They blow us off. Nothing happens. And then you're just like, oh, OK, they yeah. don't care. Like I, I learned a long time ago, my AD doesn't care. He doesn't yeah. care what anybody says. It doesn't matter. So I don't bother emailing him. Yeah, I shoot. I shoot four club matches. Let's see. I shoot uh, Berwick, Dunbarton, sometimes Harvard, and uh, and one other. I can't remember. I shoot about four in my general area, and I can tell you, I'd say seventy percent, sixty to seventy percent of them, they don't care. They don't care. They just want to. Keep going to the club matches and shoot. And but that kind of goes back to what I was saying. The the and and I can tell you that uh, I'll use I'll use her as an example. I'll, I'll mention her name. Hope she doesn't get mad. Uh, you all heard of Devin McManus, right? Devin McManus, great girl, super sweet. Uh, she's really involved in the sport now. But I bet you, I would be willing to bet 
You rewind back to her first month in competitive shooting, she wouldn't care either. She's like, I yeah, I don't I don't care about all that. I just want to come shoot. I just want to come shoot and get better and do that kind of thing. But as she got involved, as she started to because I, I don't think I think you might be mistaken, H1 in that I love saying his name, H1. <laughs> um, I think you're you may be mistaken in that the majority of the membership love the sport. I don't think that's true. I think the majority of the membership love shooting. And as they become more involved in the shooting, they either, you know, and, and like Devin's case, she wanted to get really good. And she took a lot of classes and she's improved quite a bit. But she also got more involved in the sport. She started becoming uh, active as an RO and now she's a CRO. And now she's, she's basically running matches now. And because of that involvement, because of her love for the shooting part of it, she learned more about the sport, got more involved, and now she has developed a love for the sport. And so in that respect, I think if you take that love for the shooting and let it foster what will eventually turn into a love for the sport, you're right. That minority will transform to a majority or someone who's more vocal. But like as we all know, those people will eventually start to fall out and find other hobbies, and then you'll get a new group of people and of those, you know, 100 people that get involved in the sport, 20 or 30 of them may become more involved and get, start shooting majors. You know, people who shoot majors, people who get involved and, and become ROs or get really passionate about the sport, they are the people that want to be more vocal and want to find out what's going on. So you're not wrong, but I still think, like I said, the board is kind of expecting that that large base of shooters that all with that constantly churning lower base they don't care and they're probably not wrong they just want to go shoot their three club matches a year maybe go shoot area seven or in our you know y'all's case area one or six or three or whatever the case may be mm -hmm. so i don't think you're wrong i just think uh, i think the passion for the shooting will eventually evolve in the passion of the sport enough of a passion to get involved at this level at y'all's level like involved in the politics of it but i don't think you're wrong but um, so that's a well, good homework to develop the right system to help right. people love the sport better. Yeah, exactly. And you guys, and guys like us, are instrumental in making that happen. It took someone like I wouldn't say like 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 me is in not my skill level or involvement, but my experience in this in the game. It took someone like that to take, let's say, Devin and get her up to that point. You know, she was in, introduced to the sport through someone. She had to have been right, yeah. and she probably you know it kept moving up to the sport because of an influence if the influencers we call them influencers i hate i hate that name but if the influencers are now becoming poisoned because of a bad decision that their representatives are making listen it's going to spread it's like cancer it's going to spread and it's going to affect the organization in the long term and i think the board has to understand that they got to if they don't it's just gonna things are gonna go downhill quick does that make sense that's yeah, absolutely yeah well, that, so that, that's the thing. It's like, I feel like we're all doing exactly what we've been told to do, which is shoot majors, go to nationals, get your RO cert, work your state match, work, you know, do this, help set up, um, you know, do more, run for AD, at, you know. But we've done everything you've asked. We're involved. We love the sport. We've invested <laughs> enormously into it. Time, money, you know, effort. Uh, I've done what you asked. Now don't invalidate my opinion because I've done what you asked. Like, I've gotten involved. I love the sport. I love the competition aspect. Because I'm 
a competitor first and I compared, uh, care deeply about the competitive equity issues, the, the excellence in nationals, the excellence in level twos and threes. Um, I, again, <laughs> I've, I've, I've tried to thread that needle where it, it's not an elitist thing uh, or even could be construed as elitist, but I've done what you wanted. I have an opinion. Like-minded people seem to agree. Can I talk about elitism, Tyler? What you did wrong, Tyler, though, what you did wrong is you became a top shooter at the same time. <laughs> that's well, and that's exactly what I'm saying. It, so you, I, I just I, I can't fathom how if I were, were C-class and did the same things I do, my RO cert and helping set up at locals and, you know, one day, one day, I'll tell you my personal aspiration is I want to become an RM. I, I think I care deeply about officiating because I'm a shooter person. I know how much it matters. I want to become an RM. One day I'm going to run for area six. Not, not, I don't know when that is, but one day. Uh, so I'm, I'm doing what you asked. Why is my opinion only valid if I were doing this as a C-class person versus a GM person? Like, I think, like I my, think you're getting sucked into understand. the terminology. Tyler, it's because like your opinion's not valid, no matter what, it's just who you are is going to determine why it's not valid. If you volunteer, you don't volunteer enough. If you're, you know, a CRO, you have, you haven't worked nationals as a CRO. If you're, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, it, it's always something. And if you're a top shooter, well, it's because of that. If it's because you've only been shooting for six months, it's because of that. Friends with me? Actually, yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 So there's I a mean, reason I, to invalidate everybody's opinion. And it's like they, they start from a place of, well, we're not going to listen to their opinion. I don't even think they're really conscious of this, but they invalidate everybody's opinion. They're conscious. Like, well, listen, I mean, they're, they're listening to this. I oh, yeah. They listen to every word. It drives them fucking nuts. They're, they're going to listen to this. And I don't know. I mean, I probably won't get through. They'll probably just say, oh, he's one of Ben's boys, which mm -hmm. it couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, I love you. You're, I think you're. No, no. I, like they, I'm not like, one of your boys, like, but Phil, I, I just want to say this. I don't have boys. I don't have people I like direct to do on. shit. Come like on. I'm serious. Like people are just posting this shit on their own. I signal boost it, but I'm not. I'm not like. I'm not bringing down this shitstorm on you them. Got so many groupies. I don't tell them to do shit. I don't have to. They're, they they mean they see what's going on and they they know what to do. But none of them are my boys, really. Like I'm, I, do, hey, do I like message you, Juanzek, and be like, no, go, go shit on the board on Facebook or something? <laughs> no, like, no, I don't do that. Not I, like, I'm kidding. Do that. Jesus, Jeez, so sensitive. No, I, I want the board to know that those comments are organic, Phil. That's what I'm saying. As I much mean, as I like the idea in their head of being this, like, you know, super villain or something, like sending trolls at them at my direction, like that's not what's happening. You're just able to sift through the BS. And you're not afraid to put a spotlight on it. And I get that. That's cool. Yeah, okay. Sorry, Tyler, you were going somewhere else. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, I, and I only say this because that's, that's the un undercurrent out there. Um, it, you know, it's, it's the minority view, uh, but that is the undercurrent. You know, they, they would rather we quit. I believe that they would rather we quit. And I'll be no, they, they when they say, "Hey, go start your own organization." That's what they want me to do. Well, right. I mean, you're right. They said it. it uh, uh, Bruce, uh, yeah, once said it. They explicitly. want that. So I, I he doesn't, he doesn't I care what that would do to USPSA at all. I, I don't because it means I, I just he don't understand it. that attitude. I mean, that seems self defeating. 
No, he would literally uh, cut the baby in half rather than let the other guy raise it. Literally. So. (laughs) Anyway. It's a good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Solomon's story. Yeah, it's true. That's how they think. So we've been talking for... Quite some time. Yeah, we're going to wrap it up, Phil. We haven't said one thing about shooting. I (laughs) I told you this was all drama. Have I I delivered? This is Yeah, this is good. I talked to Matt about... uh, if you get elected president, and of course I didn't know all this bylaw shit was changing. I said, get elected president and start cutting positions, take the salaries and make area directors a paid position. Not full time, but a paid position to give them some ownership in the organization, to give them some expected responsibilities. Because um, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe the area directors are not as Maybe they'd be more involved and more amenable if they were paid. I don't know. I always thought the air directors not getting paid was was uh, subpar. But I always mention that to him. I don't know what he thinks about that. But. Well, we'd have to change the bylaws first because there's just a bylaw that says that they can't be paid. So, well, yeah, they better change it now because it's going to take you now. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen any comments. Well, uh, I think we maybe had one comment about that. There's been very brief talks about it. I haven't heard anything actual serious like that. Uh, and yeah. you, you can talk about the feedback that's coming to you as a board member about these bylaw changes, Matt. It's been uh supportive or people not like say 95 percent of the comments that i've seen and feedback i that i've got have said to not do any of these changes and to have a special election <laughs> that's the stuff i've got oh my god yeah, you know, I, 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 i've got what i've got one more point i just thought of and i know we're <laughs> wrapping up but we are you yeah. know uh it's it's 2022 um IDPA just sent out a member survey. I think it was related to equipment rules. Um, you know, that that also would undercut this argument that, well, we're just not getting enough feedback. So I, you know, I guess we'll have to do it our way, unfortunately. You know, uh, that's the the approach they've taken, soliciting comments. Um, it's is, kabuki theater. They don't really care what it, you say. It is. Uh, it, you know, you you can send out a survey easy peasy. And you can push it to every email address associated with active member uh, in the organization. Um, Be careful you know, what to, you wish for, Tyler, because they would just word the the survey in a way to manufacture consent right. for the change. Well, <laughs> right. I mean, it's it's garbage in, garbage out, and the the responses to a survey are going to include the people who don't care, the people who care little, the people who care a medium amount, the people who care a whole bunch. I still think the people who care a whole bunch, the ones who have already sent in a comment and will before the end of the comment period, that those are the, probably the most valid. They're, they're probably the largest stakeholders. Uh, it's, sir, I would think, more reliable data. I'm just saying, if you want data, you can get more <laughs> if you want it. But, you know, do you want it? Yeah. I don't. Tyler, when are you going to start shooting again? I don't know. I had a kid, so that's uh, (laughs) no. I'm gonna shoot this year. I'm gonna good. All right. Um, In back out on the range. 
That's what I want to smoke. I'm trying to clean house on all these dipshits for you, Phil. Watching all those lame three-second L Prez drills you're doing. <laughs> you can't do a three-second L Prez. I can fuck, it up, on I can fuck it up on the internet for you. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun game when people were chasing that. Um, Kim, do you have any last words, any comments? Yeah, the organization is going through a huge transition. It's almost yeah. like small tribe going now forming as a country. And members got to raise the voice to whether if this big transition becoming a country, whether it be a democracy or communism or socialism, whatever. If, you it need was to raise like your a, voice. if it was like a kid going through puberty, it's either a testosterone shot or hormone blockers. That's the choice we have, right? <laughs> it's kind of like that. All right. <laughs> Matt, your, you your, you your account is getting deleted for sure. Probably. Matt, <laughs> you had any last words? I, did these, I have to ask, maybe, I've got to ask on the air. We've got to ask tough questions. Did these guys ever apologize to you for the Bruce One memo? No, like, no one ever did. No. Because I can't imagine how fucking awkward that would be. Like, you see that. Of course, you, you see that on the internet the same time we do, I expect. Like, like um, the, uh, it's like, what the hell? And these guys never address that with you. They just, it's like someone farted and they just like pretend it didn't happen or something. Like, are you I serious? Mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah. No, no one ever apologized to me for that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I never got an apology for the redacted part of that. Yo, know, yeah. The, the full Bruce one memo that I had for the video when uh, it was uh, <laughs> like, yeah, where he took a dump on you and. And he wanted to redact that because he knew that wouldn't be a popular thing to put out there. That uh, was it. Yeah. He stands I, behind his opinion so much he can't even say, like, yes, I did not approve of Phil, or yes, I did approve of Phil. That's got to get cut out there. That's not for public consumption. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I yeah. think we were, in retrospect, Phil, I think we were too hard on you. Well, I understand the concern. I understood the concerns. Just a lot of people don't understand all the stuff that went on in the background, but you know, I did the best I could. Yes. All right, guys. Really appreciate it. Listeners, if you have questions you'd like the answer to, go find Phil on Facebook. Send him your questions. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. Go to bensegger.com. Send me your questions. We answer shooting questions too. Just go there. Fire those questions off and we'll get to you.